You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to continue with this OPT model review, the NASM Optimum Performance Training Model. There are several different types of exercises that go into workouts. We've talked about flexibility. We've talked about core, balance. Today, we talk about reactive or plyometric training and how that falls into the different levels of the OPT model. Now, the three different levels of the OPT model, stabilization, strength, and power. So where do plyometrics fit in when it comes to stabilization training, when it comes to strength training, and when it comes to power training? Because it is going to be different. So first, let's start by defining plyometrics. Plyometrics is jump or reactive training, and it is a form of exercise that uses explosive movements to develop muscular power. And power is generally done through the increase of speed, not how heavy you can lift, because you can lift heavy, but you won't move it fast. So if you're looking for power, we're going to put speed as its most important component. Now, it's not that we don't have strength, that we've spent time building up stabilization. We've spent time building up strength, but we're going to do power and power movements have different components. Is it power stability? Is it power strength? Or is it, uh, sorry, plyometric stability, plyometric strength, or plyometric power? So plyo, let's just break down the word. Plyo comes from the Greek, I believe that means to increase. And metric, as you know, the metric system is a unit of length. So plyometrics is the increase in the unit of length. What do we mean here? We're talking about the stretch shortening cycle. We will stretch a muscle. When we stretch it by, let's say, lowering down into a squat, the muscles of my calves, my quads, my glutes, they all stretch. And when I stretch a muscle, especially when I stretch it quickly, those muscles want to contract. Now, when they contract, I also consciously contract, and I'm able to do a more explosive concentric movement. That's the stretch shortening cycle. Or what the NASM will refer to as the integrated performance paradigm is that in order for me to first be able to concentrically lower down, and then, sorry, eccentrically lower down, concentrically explode back up, I can do that, but I have to have really good core stabilization. And we've seen it before where people drop down into a uh, a squat to explode back up into a jump. And you see just a little shift sometimes, a little shimmy. Something didn't, didn't stabilize right. And when you don't have the core stability, you won't have the production of force that's needed. So we'll take core stabilization training as a big component and a primary first component of plyometric training. So we'll focus on core stability before we really get into plyometrics, but let's also talk about it. Let's talk about these ground reaction forces. A ground reaction force is just being able to absorb the landing into the ground. Now, what we generally tend to do, and there was was a time where when people were doing plyometrics, they were doing hard landings, and a hard landing is not going to allow for a very good stretch shortening cycle. So you really have to absorb those forces 
with a soft landing and then explode back up. So you absorb and then redistribute and produce force. So you take that energy and you store it in the stretch. That potential energy then turns into kinetic energy when you jump. And there are three phases of the OPT model that we're going to do plyometrics in. Oh, first, let me, I pulled this up in, in the, the textbook. So I wanted to, to bring this up. It talks about stretching your knowledge and it's evidence to support the use of plyometric training for injury prevention and performance. So this is the CPT-7 on page 576. And these are just the key takeaways that I want to share with you. But um, it goes through the key takeaways with the research. So if you want to look at it yourself, but the key takeaways, plyometric training can reduce the risk of injury in competitive athletes. Plyometric training increases muscle size and limits the effects of sarcopenia, which is the, the, the loss of muscle, especially with aging. Plyometric training increases muscular power and athleticism, which is really our purpose for plyometrics. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then the final one, plyometrics is a safe option for older adults to improve function. Now, those plyometric exercises may look different for older adults than it looks for your athletes. Yet, when you do these trainings and you support people with where they are and what they can do, then they can always benefit from this. But it's just how you can implement it. So we'll start with plyometric stabilization. If we're going to do plyos, we're in the stabilization level of the OPT model, what is that going to look like? Those are usually going to be jumps. But when you land, you're going to hold the landing for three to five seconds. And the focus here in the stabilization level is not the jump. The focus isn't how high you can jump, how explosively you can jump. In fact, the the focus is on your landing mechanics and not force production. So I generally say you want to jump and then land softly. And if you cannot land softly yet, don't jump that high. So if you keep jumping really high and then you hit hard when you land, you jump really high and you hard smack when you land, I'm going to be like, listen, you need to stop jumping so high. Our goal here is to focus on the absorption of force, the ground reaction forces. How do we do that? We focus on that ball to heel landing, bending our knees, bending our hips, absorbing those forces, and then exploding up eventually, but not yet, because right now we're focusing on the landing mechanics. So when we land, we're going to hold it in the stabilization phase, doing plyometrics, landing, holding for about three to five seconds. What exercises are there? <clears throat> Squat jumps to stabilization. Squat jumps to hold. Hold for how long? Three to five seconds. Multiplanar squat jumps to hold. Split squat jumps. Lunge jumps to hold. Box jump ups to stabilization. Hold three to five seconds. Box jump down with stabilization or holding for three to five seconds. We're going to do our jumps and hold the landing. When you hold the landing, you absorb the forces, you look at your position, maybe you straighten your feet back out, maybe make sure your knees aren't knocking together into a valgus position. We're really focusing on the landing mechanics. And then once we progress from the stabilization level, we can move into the strength level where we're now spending more focus on repeating jumps and focusing on both force production and landing mechanics. Now, this isn't as fast as you can go, but these are going to be squat jumps where you 
jump up, you explode, really now focusing on the concentric phase. We've built the core stabilization so we can support it. We're going to land and then jump right back up. We're going to land, absorb the forces, and jump right back up. We can do that squat jumps, tuck jumps, where you lift both knees up towards the chest and then land again. Butt kicks, where you jump up and you swing your feet towards your butt, and then you land and jump again, absorb the force, and then repeat. Power step-ups, putting one foot on top of, <clears throat> let's say, a 12-inch or an 18-inch step, and then power step-up, just explode that one-leg step-up, trying to leave the top of the... Um, the, the platform on the step, and then lowering yourself, catching it, and then repeating. That's going to be a, a plyometrics for our strength level in the OPT model. <clears throat> Those are excellent examples. But then there's power version of plyometrics. And really, in the power version, it's focused on speed of movement with plyometrics. And the goal here is to limit a very important term called the amateurization phase. It is a minimizing of the amateurization phase. Cool. What's that mean? Amateurization phase is that little phase, that, that pause between the eccentric absorption of force and then how that converts then to the concentric production of force. I want to lower down and then lift right back up, explode. In fact, we have a, used to have a, um, like monkey bars in my gym and it was about, I can't remember, I think it was nine feet, two inches. And I went to jump, two foot jump, no stepping, just jump up and grab it. And I'm not very tall, so it was hard for me. I'm, I'm a five, eight, I push five, nine, but that's also pushing it. And I jumped and, and I missed it. And I did it a second time. And then my buddy looked at me and he was like, dude, your amateurization phase is too long. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, like you're lowering down, you pause for just a moment and then you jump. He was like, you got to stop that. Just drop down and explode right back up. And I did. And I was able to grab that bar with two hands. And I was like, ah, oh, it's perfect. See, this is why we need coaches. Even coaches need coaches. Even trainers need trainers. He was able to see that, and I didn't see it in myself. So doing that with our power level in plyometrics is limiting the amateurization phase. We do that through exercises like ice skaters, through one-leg power step-ups, Proprioceptive plyometrics using like cone drills and dot drills and ladder drills can be helpful with proprioceptive plyometrics. And then depth jumps. That's a real absorption of force and then moving again from that depth jump. And these are all examples that we can use for plyometrics. So let's go through them one more time. We've got stabilization plyos. It's a jump with a three to five second hold upon landing. Strength plyometrics, repeating jumps, focusing on both production of force and landing mechanics. And then power plyometrics is about the speed of movement, and you're going to limit the amateurization phase. That is an overview of the NASM OPT model when it comes to plyometric training. There's so much more to learn. In fact, check out the chapter in the book, and you can learn even more. But how's that for an overview? I hope you did enjoy it, and you got uh, a little takeaway from it. If you did, like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family, leave a comment. You want to reach out to me, you can do so. Hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickritchie, or email me, rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Y'all keep inspiring people to fitness. 
Thanks for listening. This has been the NASN CPT Podcast.